1: You know what it is too. I went out last night to Danny Kaye's. Yep. Got to hang out with the people. Got to see Jorge and Chris and yep. went with my buddies Brian, Asked and Greg. Asked Jorge met a lot of guys. Ce- Forty-five questions about soccer. I did. I got yep. educated on on soccer. Got to hang out with Pepe. Got to watch a, a, a fun event. Oral's coming in. No, today. no, that's that's that's
2: the real reason. <laughs>
1: that's a huge reason. At the end of the day, that's the real reason. That's it. Look, you know my TV. I watched the Fernando Fernando doc, and I watched the 88 NLCS doc, and I watched the... 88 World Series, stock. Yeah, when I um, we
2: saw each other this morning, you had uh, kind of a little extra. And I'm Dude. like, well, great to see you, too. And yeah. now I figured out it had nothing to do with me.
1: <laughs> I'm always happy
2: to see you, Al. But, <laughs> it's oral.
1: You know, oral is a, it's a totally different thing. Speak of the devil. Here they come. They're coming in right. here Thank in you. just a little bit. So uh, we'll get them in here and we'll have a little conversation along the way. It is, you know, obviously we're getting ready for the pennant race and we're getting ready for the trade deadline, which mm-hmm. is coming up on Tuesday. But football season is here, too. We got Sedano and Cap. They're out there on Saturday. Um, I'm gonna be out there the following not this upcoming Sunday, the Sunday after that we got a show coming up. So lots of uh it's football season too. This is a good spot. Football's just about to get started, baseball's about to get really, really good, and it's still nice. We we no, do barbecues and drink tequila. Literally needed this, and this is the time you're We got a headset for them and everything. Yeah, I think we're ready to go. I think when uh, when uh when they come in, we're we're all set and we'll be ready to go. So yeah. I see my man Eddie out there. I see Oral right there. This is a yeah. Come on in, Oral. Join us, won't you, please? <laughs> That's a little bit like the dance I see him do on TV when he's moving through there. Absolutely, absolutely. So, as promised, Oral Hershiser uh, joining us here in studio. Oral, good to see you again. How you been? Good to be here. It, it is now. Yep. You all are right. good to go. You are good to we go. We have all three on for you, so you can rotate wherever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, you can take a new seat every segment if you'd like to do it. Appreciate it. All right, so let's let's start right here. You are being honored this weekend on Saturday as a legend of Dodger baseball. What does that mean to you?
3: Oh, boy. You know, uh, when I, the announcement came out, it... Uh, it starts to send you back into your memory bank, of course, and you start reminiscing. And you start to really realize that you are you are nothing without all the people around you. Um, and it started all the way back. I'm going to give portions of my speech, but I have longer than three to five minutes here, so it's kind of nice. <laughs> Knock I'm yourself like, out. Am am not all day. Three to five <laughs> all minutes <day>. at Dodger, <laughs> <laughs> Dodger Stadium. And I'm going to have to worry about the echo. And I'm going to have to worry about, am I going to sound like I'm drunk because I listen to the echo plus talk. But I'm... Um, starts with my parents starts with learning uh respect and responsibility and then learning that expectations should be fulfilled and so uh when i was brought up by my parents uh i moved from that family into the dodger family and that was something that set course because of the o'malley family and then you run into people like sandy koufax and don drysdale and roy campanella and maury wills and You know, then you have uh, a minor league career where you uh, run into guys like Steve Garvey and Dusty Baker and Ron Say and Steve Yeager. And all of a sudden you're around them, but you're a minor leaguer. And that's the standard and the expectation. And then you make it to the big leagues uh, through, you know, winter ball and Arizona Instructional League and four and a half years in the minors. And you have this gentleman named Tommy Lasorda. (laughs) Who then raises the bar even higher? <laughs> sure, and gives you the nickname Bulldog, and then you have teammates that help you along the way that are all trying as hard, and are respecting the name on the front, not the name on the back, and you uh, you just become this other person by observing and trying and respecting and taking responsibility.
2: How much? How much, um, how much w- when you're calling a game? How much does part of what you were just explaining right there do you reflect out of nowhere, right, where it yeah. kind of just hits you and you start thinking about when you were a player and at the
3: same time kind of understanding the seat that you're sitting in today? Yeah, I think um, when you walked onto the bus and you walked by Vin Scully, <laughs> you walked by Jaime Harin, you walked by Renee Cardenas, you walked by Ross Porter, you walked by Jerry Doggett. Uh, You realize that if you ever were in the front of the bus, uh, that would be another huge responsibility. And every day, getting to broadcast a Dodger game when I'm assigned it, um, you walk into the Vin Scully press box. And you walk into a press box where we still wear coat and tie. As long as it's below about 92 degrees. <laughs> There's a cutoff, right? <laughs> and, uh, we did change to uh, these polo. this polo I have on uh, when it gets a little hotter. Good for now. <laughs> but for now, uh, it's coat and tie. And the reason it's coat and tie with Joe and I and the others that come in there are because of Vinny. And Vinny taught us that the most important thing you bring into the booth is yourself. So I try to bring myself in there, my experiences, what was going on. And one of the things I learned early on about broadcasting is um, too much talking is too much talking. Uh, Vinny let a game breathe very well. Vinny also talked about things other than the game. And for me to be myself and talk to, about things that are other than the game, I need to give people an aha moment and then let them process it. So whether it's what I think the pitcher's feeling, or what goes on in the dugout after a home run or in the celebration, or what happened on a team bus or in the hotel. Um, I need to take them someplace they've never been and wanted to be. Hmm. Those aha
1: moments are what make great broadcasters great broadcasters. And I think you do an amazing job of it where I. I Al hears me talk about it. I was listening to the game last night, and Oral said this, and Oral said that. And mm-hmm. that as much baseball as I've watched and thought about, there's one or two every single night. I'm like, I never thought of it Learning like something that. New. I, never, I mm-hmm. never heard that before. Mm-hmm. I never heard it quite said like that. And, you know, when you and I talk, Al, we're trying to find ways to talk about the things that we talk about that make somebody go, I never really thought about like that. Do you just have them in you? Or do you think, ah, you know, this, this is going to be one of those things that's going to make people say, oh, okay, that's new.
3: I think it's really weird and odd for me when people say you tell great stories because I don't think I'm a good storyteller. Wrong. I am, <laughs> I am a person that when something happens in front of me, it reminds me of something. Mm. So if you ask me, tell me a story about Don Drysdale, I probably can't. Mm. But you put me in the middle of a scoreless streak... And I can tell you a story about Don Drysdale and Dick Dietz and Harry Wendelstadt, who was the umpire, and the, the ball hit Dietz with a 3 0 count and would have ruined his streak. And all of a sudden, Harry Wendelstadt, the home plate umpire, says, No, you didn't try and get out of the way. That's a strike. Drysdale gets out of a bases loaded, no out, 3 0 count to continue his streak. The same year that Gibson is doing his miraculous things in 1968. And because of that year of the pitcher, they lowered the mound. Right. So. Maybe that's a good story, but I don't know that story until I have a stimulus in front of me.
1: Let me. I want to go back to something. When you you get honored the way that you are this weekend, Saturday against the Reds, he's being inducted as a legend of Dodger baseball. Of course, we're talking with Oral Hersheiser. I'm probably – I'm a Dodger fan. I grew up in Los Angeles, and – it's not just the hometown team to me. It's, it's, there are two or three teams in baseball that, to me, feel different than the other ones. It's the Yankees. It's the Dodgers. Maybe the Cardinals and the Giants. There's, there's a few that just feel different. To get inducted into any Hall of Fame or be inducted as a legend or whatever it is, mm-hmm. is meaningful. And I don't mean to throw any sort of shade at anywhere else.
3: But as a Dodger, is mm. it
1: mean more? Or <laughs> is that just me being a Dodger fan?
3: I I think it's you being a Dodger fan, but does it mean more because it happened to me personally? I think yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, if I went into the Cleveland Indian Hall of Fame for the three years I was there in Cleveland, and we went to the playoffs every year and went to two World Series, didn't win one, lost an extra innings to the Marlins in Game 7, lost to the Atlanta Braves on a Tom Glavin 1-0 shutout with a Dave Justice home run, Hmm. Uh, but... I went back to Cleveland for a reunion, and they announced a whole bunch of the significant players, and I got a very nice ovation. I think Los Angeles tops that exponentially. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where I was taught to be a professional. This is where I was taught to be a Dodger. This is where the fans embraced me uh, no matter what. This is where I laid my head on the back of the cement wall of the Dodger Stadium dugout when I was removed from my last game and got a standing ovation, even though I was terrible. So I think they knew. I think Tommy knew because then Tommy came down to the locker room, took me back into Dr. Job's medical office and told me, Bulldog, it's over. Um, And we we wept like little boys. Sure. And uh, that's when it was over. Um, But now uh, we get to have a celebration. Sure. We get to have a celebration. And I hope... uh, my voice doesn't crack like it is
1: now. <laughs> well, well-deserved, well-earned for sure. We're talking with Oral hersheiser He's nice enough to come in studio, talking about the incredible honor that he's receiving this weekend as a legend of Dodger baseball. Come back, talk a little trade deadline, talk yeah. a little bit about the team that's being played right now. There's a lot of things going on with this team, and it's the only team I've ever seen that's in a transition and also comfortably in first place. It's a it's a new one for me. So we'll get to all of that. More with Oral hersheiser
2: S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: Oral Hersheiser joining us here in studio. He will be honored as a legend of Dodger baseball coming up on Saturday against the Reds. Ellie De La Cruz coming into the house. If you're a baseball fan, you know that name. Not he's, bad. He's kind of fun to watch, right? He's not a not a bad player at all, right? He's
3: like seven tools.
1: <laughs> he's amazing. So take me through it. What I mean, I the trade deadline is coming up on Tuesday. If you are in a major league clubhouse on a team that is in contention like the Dodgers are, or you're on a team that is not, you might have a player coming or going. What's that vibe like in the clubhouse when you know that guys are on their way in or out?
3: Uh, it's different, for sure. Um, I think this clubhouse has continued to open to open their arms and to welcome new players very quickly. I think it was simple with Kike. Sure. I mean, uh, Rosario, I'm sure, will get welcomed and feel comfortable. Uh, I think that whoever comes in, I think it will be an impact person. I don't think they will go borderline. The only way that they'll go borderline and fill the roster with what they appreciate as parts that – Maybe could hit a lefty or parts that could get a righty out, Um, parts that are part of the bullpen that is a little different look than somebody else who's already down there. They've always gone for the significant piece. Mm -hmm. And so they're involved in every conversation. I listen to fans say, you know, do you think this? Do you think that? I'm like, they are involved in every Mm. single conversation and it's not ultimately going to be up to the dodgers it's going to be up to the other team (laughs) that has to say yes but the dodgers will be there making their best effort with their evaluation of the equation of that particular trade and how it fits the roster and how it fits going forward and they are very present tense oriented during this time is there some long-term look yeah aren't you glad we still have Walker Bueller (laughs) aren't you glad we still have Julio Urias so you can look at pieces on the team and say they saved that guy and so glad they didn't trade him when there was the 50-50 breakdown of trade him we need that guy oh don't trade him we want him for the long term and they're going through that equation on every single possibility
2: well before the uh, season started there was a lot of chatter that the Dodgers not that they
3: were not going to be in contention but you right. had
2: teams like the Padres teams like the Mets you had other teams go out there and were very active at the uh, in the off season right. here are the Dodgers they're 15 games over 500 second best record in the NL mm-hmm. um they've had a lot of significant players miss time throughout the season just how surprised are you with where they're sitting today or is this what you expected
3: yeah, I, I'm, I don't think you can say this is what we expected. I think we expected to be in first place. I think uh, we didn't expect to have this many injuries, especially the pitching staff and the rotation. I mean, we have an unbelievable rotation on the IL. Uh, you think about the struggles of the bullpen early. Those guys came into the year with magnificent resumes and didn't pitch to them, and now they are. Uh, I think the transition and the quote-unquote successful rebuild or successful transition that the fans have felt at the beginning of the year, Uh, the Dodgers planned it very well. Uh, But it felt like a deeper transition to most because it was new names. Mm. New names make you go, really? I got to get to know this guy? Really? This guy's near the end of his career or he's got to have a resurgence. And now the locker room has proven that the decisions were right. And they are anticipating some moves maybe at the trade deadline. They are anticipating that we have done our job. Now let's finish it off. So, you know, the J.D. Martinez, is he's Mm. been magnificent. I mean, Jason Hayward, unbelievable. What's going on? David Peralta in left field and, and off the bench as a left-handed hitter. Great. The young guys that got an opportunity. One has succeeded and is still with us in Outman and Vargas, who they haven't given up on, but he needed a respite and to reboot his computer is in AAA. Uh, they, they did an, a magnificent job of, of mixing these veterans that you don't know, but really they understood that, that they can come back in our environment and young guys to come up and contribute. And and you remember, this is all on the backdrop of the luxury tax. And how much does yeah. it cost us to spend the next dollar if we cross a certain threshold? And what does that do to us in the future of bringing an amazing, magnificent product to the rest of the fans of L.A. in future years? I think they've done a magnificent job again.
1: Oral Hersheiser joining us here on the Trav and Slea Show. and.
3: Obviously, like
1: you just mentioned, there's been a lot of injuries on this team, but in particular on the pitching staff. You mentioned you have an all-star rotation that's unavailable at the moment, and maybe it wasn't by design necessarily and more out of necessity, but Bobby Miller, Emmett Sheehan, Gavin Stone, Michael Grove, we haven't seen Pepio yet. We saw him a little bit last year, and hopefully he's ready to go again. What do you make of this next wave of these young guys that getting thrown into not just big league action, but dodger big league action stay in first place big league action we don't have time for you to grow on the job necessarily we need you to perform on the job starting
3: today yeah it's really hard to develop at the big league level and especially as a pitcher because as an everyday player if you can catch the ball they can let you take an offer but if you don't Uh, get guys out at the big league level you don't get another inning right (laughs) so so you as a regular player you get exposed and can learn on the job as a pitcher if you're trying to learn on the job and failing in certain areas you don't get the baseball anymore you either are, are sitting watching or you're back down in the minor leagues developing again so these guys were thrust into this situation and most of them are still in development, and they really are in development. Even Bobby Miller, who has shined the brightest, is in development. Uh, They're learning on the job. I look at Michael Grove, and I look at his outings now compared to when he first got here. He wasn't throwing his curveballs often when he first got here. He was really trying to live with the fastball up. They were learning that the pitch that got people out in the minor leagues doesn't get people out in the big leagues because they don't chase up here. You have to have balls look like strikes, end up balls, or look like balls, end up strikes. You need to get ahead. The 0-1 count at the big leagues is such a huge difference than a 1-0 count. The the 1-1 pitch that takes you to 1-2 compared to 2-1, completely different. And the ratios of what they used to do and get outs or get strikes has completely been turned upside down to them. And so in doing that, it takes a few outings To learn that I need a new spray pattern, I need to change speeds more often, I need a little bit more edge on my breaking ball, I need to throw my fastball a little bit lower when I go for the high strike, they don't chase the one at the shoulders, I've got to be two inches above the belt. Is well, there And that's any- exactly how I explain it to him. He just doesn't listen. I mean,
2: I'm, exactly how you just described I, it. it. I appreciate it. You know what? We, I'm going to
3: go back to your old shows and listen to that so I can learn something. No, no, no Just take my word. Just take, take my word. Exactly. Yeah, I'll go back.
1: Is, is there any way to explain an article? You just did a good job. but I appreciate just, that. Just how good Major League hitters are and just how, how thin the margins yeah. between I got him and the balls off the wall.
3: Yeah, it's, it's it's a huge difference. Um, just the fact that they can take the ball that's just off the edge of the plate, and a, and a triple-A hitter or a double-A hitter swings at that, and now you're 1-2, or the guy's out. Um, that's unbelievable, just to watch that. Uh, the information exchange has completely changed. And it's really unbelievable, because hitting is down, but hitting well is up. So when the ball makes contact, it's louder, Yeah, and it's more extra base hits and more home runs. But it's not hit at the same average. So the game theory has changed. The offensive theory has changed, which then changes pitching theory. And so I think the pendulum has swung so far to power hitting and strikeouts are okay and the three ultimate. uh,
1: Three true outcomes. Yeah,
3: Mm. the three true (laughs) outcomes with the walk, the strikeout, and the home run. I think the pendulum's starting to move back to contact and line drives and hard ground balls with a certain portion of your order. And uh, the big league hitter is very hard to get out.
2: Or we're um, in the background here. Shohei is about to uh, pitch a, a complete game. So it's 6 nothing Angels right now. And I'm, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on – I know Otani has been the topic of conversation really for the last couple of years. Was it the topic of conversation this entire year and what the Angels were going to do potentially by the trade deadline? Um, your thoughts on what you see when you see a player like this doing what he's doing – um, just your overall thoughts on on what Shohei's been doing here these last couple of years?
3: Well, he's a remarkable athlete, and that's probably an understatement. Uh, I think everyone was infatuated one, before he even came to the United States in Major League Baseball. They were infatuated with him. I actually made a scouting trip with Andrew Friedman and a few of our scouts over there, and actually to for, Japan, to Japan with, for a week, and. Uh, uh, we followed him around. We weren't allowed to talk to him because that would have been tampering. But we went and saw his game, saw his mm. workout, saw his BP, saw his side work. But at the time, he was struggling with the elbow issue. But we still got to see him probably throwing at about 75 percent. It was still at that time was one of the best sliders I had ever seen in my life. And he wasn't even throwing full bore. Uh, you know, he's going if if they don't trade him, which looks like they're buyers now, not sellers. Mm-hmm. So he's he's going to be an angel for the rest of the year, but. Uh, you know, everybody's going to want him. And I don't think it's going to be about money for Shohei. I think it's going to be about where he wants to play and how often he wants to win year in and year out, because he's going to see the timeline of his skills start to diminish over the course of history. You know, 35-year-olds do look a little different and swing a little different and, you know, react sure. a little different to 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. And so so will a 35-year-old arm hmm. that has a lot of innings under it. So. If he wants to be part of something, and we could sell the city of Los Angeles, it wouldn't be that big of a move for him. So I, I hope we have a shot at him. <laughs> yeah, I I'm on board. Yeah.
1: I, I might have mentioned it once or twice that that might be something that I'm interested but be, in.
3: But it but it won't be up to the Dodgers. It'll be up to Shohei again. Just like trades are, there has to be two parties that want mm-hmm. to be in the room together and want to settle something, and they both have to be motivated to get a deal done. And. If Shohei is, is the guy that wants to get the deal done, I know the Dodgers will want to get it done, too.
1: So this is a little Shohei-related, but your your resume has a long list of accomplishments. You're a Cy Young Award winner, a World Series champion, a World Series MVP, an NL and ALCS MVP. You won a gold glove. You're a three-time All-Star, also a silver slugger. And for people that don't know that, that means you were the best hitter at that position for that season. Okay, This is when pitchers still got to hit in the National League. As a, not just a a pitcher who could hit, but as a good hitting pitcher, when you watch what this dude does day after day, knowing how much work it takes to be an elite pitcher, and he's the biggest, best slugger in baseball, can you even reconcile those two things, knowing how much work goes into both?
3: Well, the first and foremost is, you know, you look at the ability and to try and recognize you go... Very few people in the world will have that kind of ability ever, you know the DNA, whatever way the genetic makeup. Uh, there were there are a few before him because, but the culture didn't allow them to be that. Mm-hmm. I think Fernando was really close. Really, I think Darren Driver really close. Ricky and Keel, who we saw switch over. I don't know what kind of pitcher Peralta was, but but the the thing that separates Otani is he runs like the wind. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. So that last component of ability to hit, hit for power, hit for average, throw a baseball, spin a baseball from the mound, and then the speed, you go, he's on a separate planet. (laughs) (laughs) And so there's very few that can do what he's doing. And we won't see this for a long, long time, but we will see it again because the culture has changed to allow people to be two-way players. And if somebody is as talented as he is... You will have the you will have the equity to say, mm. if you don't let me do both, I'm not doing it at all. Mm. And that, he had that equity.
2: That, that's what I was going to ask is, will this in 10 years, no one's saying there's ever going to be an, another Shohei, but in 10 years, will there be, oh yeah, here's another guy that's batting around 250 and also is six and six on the mound, whatever it is, is that just going to become more common because of Shohei?
3: I think it will be. I don't know how quick the curve will exponentially go up or we'll recognize that it's happening more often. But, yes, I think we're going to see more and more examples. Uh, I think we might even get to a place where there's this thing called a pitching staff with no starters or relievers. Mm. I mean, we're starting to see it in certain places. My day, you would have said, no way. But they even changed the rules of the roster control configurations right where you can have up to 13 pitchers and all of a sudden they find out a 11th pitcher or a 12th pitcher on a staff is more valuable than a right-handed hitter or a defensive replacement or a pinch runner and so again game theory trying to win games changes and uh I think we will see more and more two-way players as we go into the future. All
1: right, let's talk about more Dodgers down the stretch coming up. Oral Hershiser joining us here in studio. He's being honored as a legend of Dodgers baseball coming up Saturday night at Dodger Stadium. More with Oral when we come back. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business,
2: you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
1: Travis Slee Show has teamed up with Waba Grill to give away lunch for your entire office. Listen tomorrow during the Waba Grill Lunch Hour on seven ten for the cue to call, and you could be the Waba Grill Workplace of the Week. That's tomorrow on seven ten ESPN. Thanks to Waba Grill. Waba Grill. Eat smart. Be healthy. Oral Hershizer joining us here in studio. He is being honored as a legend of Dodger baseball coming up on Saturday at Dodger Stadium. An an incredible honor. I'm hoping that what you suggested, that if I mention a name, it will spark an idea. Oh, boy. Okay. Was Kurt Gibson as terrifying as I thought he was when I was a kid watching him play? Because watching him come up, I'm like, I don't want to mess with that guy.
3: (laughs) That's true. You don't. You don't want to mess with him. I mean, he proved it to me on my first plane flight with him. Uh, We had this little game called flinch. (laughs) Okay. And it's like, you know, when you walk by a person, you try and make them flinch. So you act like you're going to hit them in the stomach, or you act like you're going to punch them in the head, or you do something. But you don't actually do it, but you try and make them flinch. Mm -hmm. And he's walking down the aisle, and I'm about, you know, I'm about row 17, and he's walking down the aisle, and here he comes. I go, this is a perfect way to get to know my teammate, kind of goof around (laughs) with him a little bit. And I put my arm out in the aisle and, and see if he flinches. And and he and he, he kind of flinched a little bit, and I said, "You flinched." And he go and he forearm shivered me, <laughs> right in the chest, right, and and knocked the wind out of me, and it it hurt really bad. It probably brought tears to my eyes, but I said, oh, "Okay, you don't play flinch." <laughs> and, and I learned really quick that uh, he had a football mentality yeah, when it he came did. to baseball. You yeah. know, Jesse Orosco found out really quick. The eye when black they, in the hat. Eye black on the hat, the first <laughs> spring training game, and Kirk was being laughed at as he walked back from center field to the line to run one more sprint. The laughing turned to even figuring <laughs> out he had eye black on his hat and on his forehead, and he ran off the field and quit that day. <laughs> and we had to convince him to come back, and Jesse Orozco had to apologize to him next day wow. in front of everybody in the locker room, and Jesse was glad that we were all there with him during the apology in case Kirk would have went off. <laughs> we could have pulled extra, Kirk extra off Extra of motivation. Right? Yeah, sure, so... next
2: time he walked by you, there was nothing. Put <laughs> <There> your hands <laughs> in your pocket. Okay. No, hi mi- Kirk. Yeah. Hi- yeah. No, <laughs> Not even it that. It, even, it wasn't even Kirk. It was yeah. Mr. Gibson.
3: It's Mr. Gibson.
2: What 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 do you thought of um
3: But he well, I got to cut yeah, you yeah. off because it made Kirk sound bad. I will tell you that Kirk Gibson is one of the best teammates you will ever have because he will either kill for you or kill you. <laughs> okay? There's there's different ends of the spectrum. Sure. And now I absolutely love him. He absolutely loves me. And uh, everything is fine. We don't play flinch anymore.
1: <laughs> Not after that.
2: He's still nervous. Yeah, He's I, still, don't blame yeah, I don't blame you. blame you. I don't blame you. Um, what have you thought of all the rule changes that baseball has has had here? Yeah, you really caught the last two seasons. But um, just you surprised how easy of a transition that it's been, how quiet it's been as far as complaining goes. I feel like uh, use the pitch clock as an example in the beginning. How are you going to do this? How are you can execute it? I feel like it's been very, very smooth. Has that surprised you?
3: Uh, I think it has proven that baseball did a tremendous amount of research because this was a huge step to implement all these rules all at once. So it shows that the research they did in the minor leagues, they really thought this through. They th- they thought through what would be the reaction of the big league player under the pressure and the amounts of money they possibly could make or where they were in their careers and changing it for a 17 year veteran as much as for the rookie coming up that experienced some of this in the minor leagues they got it right and the commissioner has taken a lot of heat in a lot of different areas uh from from the hunk of metal comment about the world (laughs) series trophy through the what they did through the pandemic and different things he has been a target but as far as leading this uh, he brought the enjoyment of the game back, and 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 you could say, yeah, because the games are shorter, but it's the pace of the game that is more enjoyable. No uh, doubt, it's harder as a broadcaster because yeah. the pitch clock eliminates a lot of replays. Mm. Uh, you you remember when you used to see pitch sequences on how a guy got out? So you'd see pitch one, two, three, four, and get to the fifth pitch, and that's why the strikeout happened. Well, you don't get time no more to time do for that. that. Uh, Joe Davis doesn't have as much time to do his Vin Scully role where he breaks down Memorial Day or July 4th holiday because there's just no time. I mean, there are things that we've had to adjust in the booth and, of course, way more things that the players on the field have had to adjust. But I think all the adjustments have been fantastic for the entertainment value of the game.
1: Oral Hersheiser joining us here on Travis Slee. I, I asked Nolan Ryan this question, and he gave me such a great answer. I want to ask you the same thing. I He's Nolan so Ryan. So you're going to compare me to Nolan Ryan? <laughs> yes. He, he threw 100 miles an hour, yeah. all right? That's they're, not very nice. There's different styles, Oral. I, I, I tried to bunt for a hit off the guy, and
3: he threw the next one right at my head. Bad idea. I Don't d- do that. I think you should move on to the next question. <laughs> next one. I, What's I, the backup plan? I asked oh my him, gosh.
1: I said, was there a guy. Yeah, that just wore you inexplicably. I don't get it. And and his answer was Mark Belanger, who hit about two hundred in his whole career. He goes, and every time it's like I can't get Mark Belanger out. Was there a guy that just I don't get it? Everything I'm throwing at this guy, he's barreling.
3: Yeah. First and foremost, you just start the ten thousand foot view is low ball hitting lefties. Okay. I was a sinker ball pitcher as my foundational pitch, Mm -hmm. and then you move to a crazy right hander that wore armor on his left arm because you needed to pitch him in in craig biggio so Mm. if you go to baseball reference and you go to matchups hersheiser against biggio i think you're gonna see like a 450 average (laughs) and some home runs and some doubles and all the crazy stuff um so it's really hard to get guys out with armor I mean, Barry, when he wore the armor, then they made the rules about the armor because Barry's armor protruded about an inch and a quarter away from his skin with the big, you know, the rivets and mm-hmm. and all the stuff. So once you take the fear factor away from the inside pitch, and I never hit anybody on purpose. They always had 60 feet, six inches to get out of the way. <laughs> um, but if they turn the outside corner into the middle of the plate, something needs to be done. And... What needs to be done is you need to throw a ball to the inside corner or off the plate inside, and you don't want to miss over the middle. Of course not. Because now the middle is where they're looking for it also. So I think that the armor guys uh, were the toughest guys against
1: me. Is that gone? I remember – Don Drysdale, I maybe get this a little bit wrong, but it's mostly right. I said, look, you get the hitter gets half and I get half. I'm just not telling him which half I want. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I,
3: mean, that always... I mean, Gibson was like that, Drysdale was like that. Koufax had so much ability, he didn't have to be like that.
1: P- Pedro Martinez was like that. Pedro right? Martinez P- Pedro, is, is that gone? Is that just not part of the game
3: anymore? No, I it, definitely there's less inside pitches with a purpose. Um I think it's a cultural thing. I think, you know Back in the 70s, violence in sports started to go away. Uh, You know, third man in fighting in hockey, uh, baseball, bench clearing brawls. If you left the bench, you were going to be suspended. Uh, The the violence and then the inside pitch started to go away because, remember, the outside pitch started to get called six, eight inches off the plate. Mm -hmm. If you look back at Atlanta games and I think, you know, I think. Ted Turner was bribing the umpires. Levon Hernandez had a on. pretty good night that oh night Oh my gosh. Against us at Cleveland, Levon Hernandez. Oh my God. Eric, Ball was two Eric, feet off the plate. Eric Gregg is like, that strike zone is way too big, Eric. I mean, it was ridiculous. But I mean, people, you'd have to be a huge baseball fan to go back and find Levon Hernandez with Eric Gregg behind the plate in a playoff game. But when you found it, you'd be like, that's not a strike. Um, what were we talking about? Pitching inside. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, slowly but surely from the 70s on with the third man in fighting and hockey and then it became a topic throughout all sports that uh, violence or retaliation became more penalized and slowly went out of the culture. And, and we have the same thing at second base with the Utley rule. Now we have the same pl- thing with as far as the contact there. We have the same thing now at home plate with what a p- catcher can do when he's about to receive the ball. I, th- I don't think it's anything against the toughness of the players. I think it's the culture of the game and the audience that has changed the strategies.
2: Or right, one question on, um, this will apply more to the Dodgers today, but also some other rosters that are out there. How important is the chemistry piece? I've I've heard Mookie say this year that he feels like the team's got incredible camaraderie, mm-hmm. and on paper there were some teams that you look at coming into the season. Um, I'll use the Padres as an example. On paper, it just unbelievable. Right. They have never found a way this year to click. Mets, maybe you can give a little bit more excuses, some injuries here and there, but they've they've been what the Mets have. Yeah. How much does that come into play, do you think, of some of the success that the Dodgers have had? Kind of take away just pure talent, the chemistry as well.
3: I think it's a huge piece. I think it's hard to evaluate how big a piece it is. uh, But when you see it, it's amazing. When you don't see it, you go, it's missing. But to put weight on it? It's a huge weight if you go back to 88 with Mickey Hatcher and Dempsey and, you know, the stunt men and, and everybody on the the field with Soch and with Gibby and everybody, sexy. you know. Uh, I think it's a huge piece when the locker room says that it's going good and that it's exceptional because it's not a topic that you want to bring up when it's bad. Mm-hmm. And you won't mm. bring it up when it's neutral because it's not real news and it feels like you're being the rah-rah guy. You're only going to bring it up when it's exceptional. And so... We also have to remember that Freddie and Mookie are now ultimately the true leaders of this team with others like Kirsch because now Justin Turner's gone, Belly's gone, and Mm -hmm. others, and you can't have a change in team chemistry without a vacancy of leadership because then it's a mutiny. If there is a current leader and you feel like maybe you want to take it a different direction or enhance what's going on, you look like you're part of a mutiny compared to when there's a vacancy and now you fill it and i think that these guys are filling it in a magnificent way and i am not talking anything bad about justin turner or anybody who's left justin turner i did his wedding so i'm not you know i love the guy and he loves me and courtney and but there became a vacancy in the room and the vacancy was filled by some great people Last
1: one, Oral, before we let you go. And, again, he's being honored as a legend of Dodger baseball coming up on Saturday at Dodger Stadium. And this is me attempting to get you to tell another story. When you were talking about Levon Hernandez and, hey, that's – that Eric Gregg, that's too big of a strike zone. Yeah. What's the right way to chirp at an umpire? And did Tommy <laughs> Lasorda know how to do it the right way?
3: Well, it's another cultural thing that's changed, right? I mean, Whitey Herzog uh... – you know, Sparky Anderson, sure. Billy Martin, Forget Tommy it. Lasorda. I mean, you're talking about guys who were ejected an awful lot then compared to now. Uh, it's just it, – there's there's ways to do it subtly, and there's ways to say you've gone so far and this feels like a vendetta or you're so bad. It's something needs to be done to embarrass you, too, that it, it gets a little over the top. Again, less and less in this culture compared to before. But the subtle ways is using your catcher. The subtle ways is uh, when you were a pitcher, when you were going up to bat, you could talk to the guy.
1: How do you do it? What do you say?
3: Oh, you just say, you know, uh, is this the strike zone we're going to work with all day? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you, it's a it's a it's a subtle communication yeah. between an umpire and there are some umpires, I mean you
1: know Do they tell you when they kick one?
3: Uh yes, they will. Yeah. And they'll tell your catcher and uh you can go back up and tell them and, and now that they have the iPads on the bench, we didn't have the T V. You had to go back in the locker room and look at look at it on a VCH mm-hmm. you know uh-huh. was that? What was that? VHS. T- VHS, think, yeah. yeah, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. It had well, a V. Yeah, it had a V in it. <laughs> hey, get off me. I'm not coming on the show anymore. <laughs> Take it easy, Travis. Okay, I'm just trying it's to okay. help. <laughs> Mute his mic. Um, but I th- I think yeah, it's uh it's different. I think the batters can go back and go, oh my God, I was angry and it was right, and I will let him know subtly next at bat. And I think there's ways to say, oh my God, I was angry in public, and I need to go up there and apologize and say, hey, I got you. I got wrong on that. I was wrong on that one. So yeah, much more information in the game today. Oral Hersheiser will be
1: honored as a legend of Dodger baseball coming up on Saturday against the Cincinnati Reds. Oral, it's always a treat to have you in here. I look forward to it every single time. Despite my VHS joke, I yeah, hope that you come okay. back. Not for cool. Time. No, no, I appreciate
3: it. It's, it's a little lighter than being on Petros and Money. I know that's another station. It's all right. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you very so much. My pleasure, guys, and thank you so much. And uh, to the Dodger fans out there, thank you for being so much a part of this memory and everything that I've been through with you, uh, it's extra special when the house is packed. It's extra special when you cheer. It's extra special when you show up and care about what we do for a living. So thank you very much.
1: Incredibly well said and well-deserved. That's coming up on Saturday. A legend of Dodger baseball, Oral Hersheiser. More when we get back. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. So let's just put this in there. Shohei Ohtani uh, just threw his first ever complete game in the major leagues, his yep. first ever shutout in the major leagues, and he did it after having a little weird collision at first base in the with second or third inning. Yep. Yeah, apparently he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. Right. <laughs> apparently, he's all right. just okay. Everything. Went is Only okay. one hit. Wonder that was really cool. You think? <laughs> you think? I mean, yeah get to talk to a guy and just tell me more. I feel like Chris Farley in that Saturday Night Live skit when he's interviewing Paul McCartney. goes, remember when you were in the Beatles? That was awesome. <laughs> that's what it feels like. There's, take there's... <laughs> hey, it off me. I'm not coming on the show anymore. <laughs> Look, I, I had to go for it. What do you want from me? I had to
2: give it a shot. I wanted to say, but he was too busy coming after you. I'm like, that's how we <laughs> review our shows on VHS too. <laughs> Put the VHS in and say, no, no, Trav, see what you
1: said right there? I, I, I'm glad he answered one of the questions the way that he did when I because you've heard me say this before and, yeah. and I obviously I'm a Dodger fan, but there are four, five, maybe six teams in, in I think in each sport, you say, Yeah, that's one of the real ones, right? The Dodgers are one of the real ones. And to get inducted, and I'll just pick a team that hasn't been around a long, to get inducted in the Colorado Rockies Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah. That's yep. really, really cool team like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys, no, the San Francisco different. 49ers. It's just, it's just different. Steelers.
2: Steelers for sure. It's different. They, and we say this all the time. And this is the, this is kind of the power of Los Angeles, right? USC is just a little bit different. The Lakers are just a little bit different. The Dodgers are a little bit different. So, uh, but he was, he was fantastic. And And even, you know, you could hear him kind of choking up about what Saturday is going to be. We got like a preview of him choking up. Yeah, well, you could he's tell he's going to choke up definitely on Saturday, and we could say, yeah, well, you know, we got a little piece of that. If it means so much to him,
1: you can tell. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm similar that any time I have to start talking about my parents, or my 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 kids. Or my wife. It's just whatever level of emotion you were to start. You're instantly now. You're at nine and a half. When if ten is crying and you've said two words, mm-hmm. it just it how ha- you go from wherever it is to all right. I'm um, and then you start explaining what it means to yeah, you, yeah, yeah. and it's on. It's just there. There's nothing you can do about that. It just it just comes right to the surface. And what an incredible honor for him. It's great. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to get to go on Saturday night. I know mace has gone as well, so to get to see the pomp and circumstance surrounding it, pretty darn cool. Very, very cool. Pretty darn cool. Him and Fernando at the same time was pretty fun to watch. We'll watch Fernando through the early part of the 80s, him through the late part of the 80s and into the 90s. Pretty good run. How quick Dodgers. are
2: you going to get home and start
1: watching Dodger documentaries? Well, I have it saved, so I don't have to go home and rush. I have it. I have it on. Uh, it's on demand in my house whenever I want it. Trav got another speeding <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Why? It's one of those. So you go home, right? I'll flip it on and see what's happening. Like if there's a game on, I'll watch a game. If not, it's like. Eh, Maybe a little mentory right now. Maybe not a bad way to do it. No, not Love bad at show. all. Uh, so this escalated quickly, as they say. Robert Saleh, uh, the head, Sol- solid, Thank you, Emily. Um, the head coach of the New York Jets, responding about Sean Payton saying that um, Nathaniel Hackett did one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Quote. And keep in mind, Hackett is on Saleh's staff now. He says, obviously we're doing something right if you got to talk about us when we don't play until week four. There are a lot of crows pecking at our neck. By the way, I'm stealing that line. That's great. Crows pecking at the neck. But this is great. This is more of this, please. I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's go. Okay. I think what he's trying to do here.
2: R-E-L-A-X. I think what he's trying to do here is it has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with the Jets. I mean, I I think what we were saying earlier about him trying to stick up for Russell Wilson kind of is what it is there, but I'm with you. It adds storylines. I'm good with the storylines. Look, these storylines I like. I just don't like the intern putting up the stuff
1: on the scoreboard. These are Did you see see what they did the next day? No. It was so funny. So De La Cruz comes up again, (laughs) and on the scoreboard it says, the scoreboard team has no further comment at this time. That's good. It's perfect. That one was good. It blew up in their face. That one was better. And it was just like, you got (laughs) us. That one
2: was better. You
1: win, we look (laughs) stupid. Well, what the Padres
2: didn't do after the Kershaw (laughs) thing when they lost five in a row to the Dodgers is say, we will no longer – be putting that up at... We at just, uh,
1: I just cracked the case. You, you still are mad at the Padres for doing it because it kind of made them spiral in. Which is the only, they, reason, why, why it's it's only Omi- reason why they're five games below 500, <laughs> six games below 500. Yeah, had they not done the uh, crying Kershaw meme, then the baseball gods wouldn't have come after how them. How great is that? The scoreboard team will have no further comment at this time. Really good. Thank Perfect. you, interns. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's really good. It was very, very good. No, look, sports is fun because you get to see cool stuff. Yeah. Sports is fun because you get to see high-level athleticism yep. and feats that you just can never imagine doing. And part of it's fun because these guys chirp at each other. And when there's genuine, not just competitive hatred is one thing, right? Like, I want to beat you. Like, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes have a competitive thing where they're sure. going at each other all sure. the time. But then there's the, no, I hate that guy's guts. I hate him. That takes it to a whole nother level. That's super fun. We need more of that.
2: Michael actually always says that in the games. Michael will say – did this player say anything interesting? Did that player say anything interesting? He's like, ah, I don't believe him. Like he wants a little bit of the, you know, before a game. No, Draymond Green. actually yet the bad example because Draymond will say whatever he wants.
1: But he wants a little bit more of the storylines. Kind of going back to what we were talking about with Oral a few minutes ago. It was more fun when Pedro Martinez was throwing at Alex Rodriguez because he hated his guts. Not just because it was the Red Sox and the Yankees, but because him particularly specifically. I, 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 I want to go at him. Johnny I is here. Let's do a little super crosstalk. Woo, 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 woo. John is here. Ramona is on her way. She's finishing up her TV responsibilities. And did you get to run into uh, Oral on your way in?
0: No, I I listened to it, though. I I, I was just saying to you guys off the air that I could listen to that guy forever. And I disagree with him that he's not a good storyteller. I I couldn't disagree uh, more. I was watching the other day, and Bobby Miller botched a, you know how when you hit a grounder to first Pitcher covers first and Freddie Freeman throws it to him, and then Bobby Miller missed the base. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard this before. Trav, you probably know this because you played a lot of baseball, but Oral was talking about how he's not, you're not supposed to look at the base. Right. All right. You're supposed to. You, if you make a beeline right for it, you feel it with your foot. And Bobby Miller didn't do that, and he missed the base. I thought, huh? I never even knew that. I never even know that you're. I, I just assume you run over there, look at the base, and touch it. And he goes, he goes, you don't have time.
1: Yeah, you can kind of sense where it is, right. and as you you know, you do that L shape where you come, and you're basically running parallel with the runner. You don't go right at it, or else you're going to have that collision. He he's. And I'm not just saying this because he sat here, Al. You've heard me say it. I come in here probably yeah. two or three days a week and say something similar to this. There's not a greater compliment I think you can give to a color commentator. You know, Joe Davis is obviously doing the play-by-play. Right. Oral's doing the color. Then doing that, I never thought of it like that before. I never knew that before. That That's those little nuggets of I never, especially something like, I watch baseball every night. And to get that, I've never thought of it like that. Those are those are the moments you live for, and he gives you a million of them. Well, it's also too. It's so nothing is scripted.
2: So for him, it's not. I'm walking into a game, and I have this story to tell. No, this just happened in this predicament, and it lit something in him that he didn't see before. So, so here's.
0: I'm friends with Annie Myers. Annie Myers Drysdale. She's sure. She was married to Don Drysdale before he died, and she told me a story once that when Hershiser was broke Don Drysdale's record, 59-and-a-half scoreless innings. Mm-hmm. It was at the end of a season.
1: Last, his last start?
0: Right, and, and I think it was the last game of the year, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And so Drysdale worked as the Dodgers radio guy that year. He did for several years, but he was working with Vin as the Dodgers radio guy. And so it was Don's job to go down to the dugout and interview the player of the game. So in the eighth inning or the top of the ninth inning, depending on where they were, Don would make his way down to the dugout and just be standing in the corner of the dugout. And when the game ends, you know, he coordinates with Dodgers PR. And obviously for that game, it was going to be Oral. So he goes down there in like the eighth inning and he catches wind that Oral, because he has so much respect for Drysdale, has come up with a plan that he is going to tie drysdale Mm. and then take himself out of the game so they'll share the record forever and he thought you know oral thought it would be really cool and drysdale caught wind of it and goes what are you doing man (laughs) yeah don't do it like drysdale actually talked him out of tying his own record Mm. and then oral was like next time he comes in you guys can ask about it he was like well if If Don's telling me to do it, I can't really go against Don. Right, right. So he broke, died. He he not only broke Drysdale's record, he did it at the insistence of Drysdale. What's
1: crazy, too, just on. Right, just one little. They needed a 10th inning for him to break the record. Right. And. Not only do you need an extra inning game, you need a scoreless extra inning game for this particular record because it's a scoreless inning streak. Although I
0: guess he could have picked it back up the following year, right?
1: He, yes, he could have. He could have picked, but this was like you were saying—it's the end of the. I don't know if it's the last game or his last start, but it was yeah, the last what, series what of the things. year, and it needed to go ten innings for him to get it that night, and it did.
0: Do you guys know what uh, Oral Hershiser and Steve Mason have in common?
1: They're both from Ohio.
0: Both went to Bowling Green. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I think I've heard you guys say that You know, Mason, of course, thinks he's the most famous person ever to graduate from Bowling Green. Not if Oral went there. Yeah, Oral, Rob Blake. (laughs) Oh, right, right. Yeah, there are a handful of people that that would trump Mason. You
1: probably know this one, John. And I, I think I mentioned it to you, so you just reminded me of something, John, about Don Drysdale. Obviously... Vin Scully's national TV call of Kirk Gibson's home run is legendary. Right. right. In the season of the improbable, the impossible has happened. Jack Buck's national radio call of that is also awesome. Don Drysdale's local Dodger call mm. of that. I don't think I've ever heard it. It stands up right next to those. Oh, it's really? terrific. Not just, hey, that's not bad. It is terrific terrific. Well, it was I would, voted... Uh,
0: Three iconic
1: calls yes. on one yes. The L.A.
0: Sports Council voted that the greatest moment in Los Angeles sports history. Kirk Gibson's home run in 1988. I
1: would love to know what you think of it. I, I'm, I'm going to find it okay. on YouTube or whatever. I'm going to send it to you. I think that you would, you would get a kick out of it as a play-by-play guy, as an L.A. guy. It Because you don't hear it. You hear yeah. Buck. You hear Scully. I actually
0: Scully. stole a line from Jack Buck when Kobe scored 60 in his final game. I had seen it earlier that week. I had seen... Um, the Gibson homer, and I had heard Jack Buck's call. And Kobe, just, I mean, it, it was such a weird night. And we were talking about the other night, too, for some reason. And so, Kobe, first you think, is he going to get 40? Is he going to get 50? Incredible. He gets 60. <laughs> and so, at the end of the game, the game's still in the balance, and somebody from Utah misses a shot. And I just, in a stream of consciousness, said, said Jordan Clarkson's got the rebound. Kobe's going to get 60, and I can't believe what I just saw, <laughs> which was directly sure. stolen from what Jack Buck said when Gibson hit the homer. He hits it, and Buck goes, I can't believe what I just saw, which I thought like was perfectly perfect. emblematic of something that is surreal while it's happening.
1: Emily said we have a little breaking NFL news. Yes,
0: so
4: this is from Kelsey Conway, who's a Bengals beat reporter uh, for USA Today. Joe Burrow is being carted off no. in practice today. Wow. He is limping oh, into the cart, being carted off from training camp. Looks like maybe knee, maybe ankle has some of Oh, leg. no. That's And he's awful. already had an issue with his knee that ended his rookie season.
0: So, oh, that's oh, right. Man. Yeah. That's right. I that, hate that.
1: It's awful. He, he is and him. In the second day of training camp. Jeez. And what, it's obvious Mahomes is number one. He's probably the second best young quarterback in sure. the league, right? Well,
0: and here's the problem. The Bengals are notoriously cheap anyway. They were going to have to pay him because he's Joe Burrow. But I hope they don't use this as an excuse not to pay
1: him. Somebody you know, will. You then he's had two knee problems. Yeah, and, that's, oh, that's a drag. That's a drag. I mean – I guess it's just one of it could happen to anybody there, at any was time. was he kind of in the middle of these contract negotiations and everything?
0: Well, else. he's up. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the next one. Justin Herbert so went this week. He's next.
1: They, I saw a quote from him this morning talking about Herbert's deal, and he's like, "Look, we're, we're working on it. I know, I know what Justin got. Everybody knows what Justin got, and we're we're working towards something." And man, what a drag! What an absolute drag! Duh, that's
0: awful. All right,
1: so I got one for you from uh, Emily's Factor Cap. Okay, if you took someone out to a nice restaurant okay. a, a, on a date okay okay and they ordered chicken fingers okay is that a red flag you're at a nice place you're not just at a bar or something no no
0: no i might order chicken fingers i <laughs> i love chicken Respect fingers. Right that's there. not the
1: question the, the question i we all love them they're, yeah. they're deli- yeah. but you're at mastro's yeah and you're trying to impress this person and she okay. says i'll take the chicken fingers
0: so my favorite restaurant in southern california is a place called sleigh in Manhattan Beach, that's the last name of the chef. Okay, his name is David Slay. He's a great guy. He owns four restaurants. Um, and by the way, this is a it, for for whatever reason is a sportscaster staple. I'm in there all the time. Cowards in there all the time. Rosillo's in there all the time. I mean, you see people you know. All that. It's just David's a great chef, and it's a really great place. The and it's a it's a fish and chop house. So they've got all the, the menu changes all the time. He said the best thing is the chicken parmesan. Okay. It is like you know. It, normally, you wouldn't go to a fancy no, restaurant but that's an that adult. It's an adult it. meal. It's chicken parmesan, <laughs> though. Why? What are you saying? Chicken fingers is an adult meal? Not at
1: a nice restaurant. It's not. I've eaten chicken fingers a thousand times Greg in my have life. Never been so linked together in this conversation. <laughs> there's absolutely
0: nothing wrong with chicken fingers, that, Bergman. I'm
2: proud of you. There's for nothing standing wrong up for with chicken, chicken fingers. fingers. And the chicken
1: parm that he brought up is what he brought up because that's it's great. the same thing. Uh, no, it's yeah. not. It's the same thing. It's uh, a, there's not in chicken fingers. Arm on the kids area of the menu because there's not a like chicken fingers on the adult menu they the chicken fingers are on the back of the menu in the little box at the bottom okay so John, this is
0: they're elitists yeah not only are you an elitist you you probably have a problem with what Michael does Michael brings a bottle of ketchup. this. <laughs> When, despite the fact he's going into a nice steakhouse in sweatpants, his Chicago White Sox top yep. uh, and, and his own wine. red solo cup of wine, he will walk in and he'll say, he, we've we figured out over the years that at really nice steakhouses, they sometimes won't give you ketchup because they think it's insulting right. for you to put ketchup mm-hmm. on. And, and Michael puts ketchup on everything. So he'll say, can I have some ketchup, please? And if they say no, Michael will reach into his pocket and pull out one of those airline <laughs> the yeah, little stubby bottle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's got him. Yeah, he's got. Another time, a guy walks up to him and goes, "Sir, can I uh, can I take that red soda cup and pour it into a wine glass?" And Michael goes, "No, I'm good." <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's just being—that's a little aggressive for me. That's like I'm—I'm awesome. I'm okay with him bringing his own wine if that's yeah. what he wants to do. But if they'd like to not have a red solo cup, on but but it's not Michael. Yeah. It's perfectly and
2: Michael's Michael. saying to himself, well, "Why would I waste a glass? I have a perfect red solo cup right here."
1: <laughs> yeah. I have no. No chicken fingers. No red solo cup. Angels aren't trading Otani. No he was great today. He had the, the outing of his life on the mound. Right. Uh, Maybe it's he's relieved. Nine, uh, yeah. It's what, what did you and I? I think we're on the same page we thought they should have traded him a long time ago i still think they should have traded him at the deadline they're not doing it they doubled down they got giolito yeah i i i don't know i get tired of saying it uh i i was talking to
0: bergman yesterday and he goes i don't know if there's anything else we can say about otani the you you knew the angels were going to screw this up (laughs) now the only thing that would prove you and i wrong
2: they make the playoffs
0: no they, if they make the playoffs and lose Otani, he's they should have traded him. He's got to right. stay. Mm-hmm. So if he's oh, not staying,
1: of course he's not.
0: Yeah. And at of
4: least course they, he's at not. At least and look if he Kawhi Leonard's this thing,
1: they making a run. That, the, that's the that's the best that's the case goal. scenario that's yeah. left. Because if he were going to stay, he would have committed to staying. Right. They're,
0: and he's going to market, and yeah. uh, you know it's a. It, it, There's a weird thing going on with Cody Bellinger. Have you guys seen this? So, Bellinger's having an all-star season. He's been really good in Chicago, but he's a Scott Boris client, and Boris always takes his guys to market. So, the Cubs, I think, between now and Tuesday, are going to trade him. Seems like it. And then try and re-sign him, Mm -hmm. but that's Mm kind of having your cake and eating it, too. You You know, the Angels could have done that they could have traded otani and then given him this offer they're going to give him and at least then they're covered it's it's basically baseball malpractice it, it
1: is it, it and not only is it baseball malpractice but the most likely scenario is also the worst scenario which is they don't make the playoffs he leaves Giolito leaves. You've lost your two best prospects. You've lost Otani. You got nothing out of the whole deal, and you're actually far worse off post six years with Otani than you were. So I yeah. actually so totally make the disagree with you guys. Really, About. it's totally. the right thing for them to well, do. What should they should have, they did have now.
4: traded him last year. Of course right. they should. Okay. But this year, if you know, I think there's probably one percent that he stays in Anaheim no matter what. I think it's gone. I think they can't pay him what you. anybody so else would play. So
1: if that's the case, might why as well I go
4: playing. all in and try no, one last try to win. Thing. Isn't, Isn't that's some the right Oh thing. No, no,
1: I don't mind them going all in to try to win right now, yeah, but I mean, my is, point is what you're doing, the most likely outcome of this is the worst But at outcome. least
4: you can sleep at night Knowing that you Made the trades To give your team The best chance It can have to win And look There's, there's yeah, what three if they out nothing? of the wild card They're not They're not yeah, even in the wild I mean the, the Yankees And the Red Sox Are yeah, ahead of them There's eight, eight
0: teams in the race yeah. Is the problem um, so they've got to be able to throw What if they won, seven out of eight,
4: though? They're, they're, they're playing hot. Well.
1: Yeah. They're hot. And they won today. They play again. They have Ohtani a double today. Otani
4: had a 11 strikeout. No, First shutout game. of his career. First complete yeah. game of his career.
1: One he hitter. The yeah, here's was if amazing. the last
2: 10 days it didn't play out like this, where they actually started winning, Otani probably
1: wouldn't be an yeah, angel. Yeah, I agree. It's just the fact that they went on a little bit of a streak here. Trout will be coming back. Just going to throw this out to you, as you well and I'm out of here. Here's what's coming up for them. They finish the series in Detroit later today. Uh-huh. Then they go play... Toronto in Toronto. And Toronto's good. They play Atlanta in Atlanta. Atlanta is the best team in the league. They play Seattle right now. They're neck and neck. Really good. They play San Francisco. Really good. They play Houston. Oh, God. They play Texas. They play Tampa. Okay. That's what's coming up. They make up a lot of ground. It's nothing but good teams coming.
4: But if you're, okay, if you're an Angel fan and, and, there are Angel fans out there, okay? They, they go to the games, they listen, they're sort of dormant as a franchise, go to the playoffs for a while, but I used to cover the Angels. There's plenty of Angel fans. Sure. This is all you could ask for at this point. Like... What, what are you going to get for Otani now? Some middling prospects that might turn into an okay player? This is your last chance to win with this guy. You could it's have like let Toronto it ride. with the Raptor. Is a Raptor. Toronto with a Kawhi Leonard. Let Put it all ride. all the
1: chips in the table. You could have rebuilt your entire minor league system a year ago. A year ago, you, yes. You could have rebuilt the entire thing. But
0: when's and- the last time... Already
1: did the right thing. Yeah, and that's yeah. there's nothing. Should have sold to the that. team. and yeah.
4: should have traded Otani a year ago.
2: And even if they had good prospects,
1: how do you know if they're going to know what to do with them? All good points. <laughs> 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 that's that's exactly why this is probably not going to work. Super Cross talks brought to you by In and Out Burger. In and Out. That's what a hamburger's all about. We'll see you tomorrow.